The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon taken from 1 Samuel chapter 14 and delivered by my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo. This sermon is part of a larger Through the Bible series on heavenly authority. In previous broadcasts, we saw the Israelites paralyzed with fear and hiding in the caves and thickets while the Philistines marched into central Canaan. We saw God perform a mighty work through Jonathan and his armor bearer as alone they climbed up the craggy rocks to the Philistine garrison at Michmash. God delivered the lead soldiers of the Philistines into Jonathan's hand. He also sent a quaking of the earth throughout the garrison and the raiders and caused great trembling to come upon them. As the Philistines melted away with fear, Saul and his men went into battle, joined now by those who had been hiding, as well as the disloyal Israelites who had previously joined the Philistines. When we left off, Pastor Greg was commenting on this fickle multitude. You could have miracles happen where multitudes get fed with five loaves and two small fish. You could see every sick person in a service get healed. You could have the obvious fact that someone has crossed the lake in a tempest without a boat. And when that person gets to the other side, if he says one word that the people don't like, that the multitude don't like, many, many will turn back. One of the saddest scriptures is John chapter 6. And it's interesting that the reference that was given to that scripture was John chapter 6, verse 66. John 6, 6, 6. It says, For that time many of his disciples went back and walked with Jesus, walked with him no more. After all the miracles, they were going to take, you read earlier on in verse 15, that when he multiplied the loaves and the fish and he healed all the sick, they were going to grab him by force and make him king. And he said a couple of things, he preached a couple of things they didn't like. And the stout-hearted multitude, many, many, many of them, walked with him no more. It wasn't a deep-down change. It was a surface wanting to be part of this thing. Who wouldn't want to be healed? Who wouldn't want to be fed with a couple of loaves and fishes? You don't have to work. And Jesus told them, you come because you got bread. They didn't really want the bread from heaven when he started to preach it, except for the few. When he says to the twelve, do you want to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, how important the Word of God is. Peter knew, I need that Word that you're telling me. I need you. You have the words of eternal life. But the others were looking for the benefits. All these men who hid in the caves and the pits or joined up with the enemy, that now shout in joy for Israel's victory, and a part of this great army assembled for Israel, when Saul had the shofar 
blown, none of them came out, right? Now they're part of it. They can't hold a candle to Jonathan and his young armor bearer, whose name we don't even know, who when it was bad, when it was out of season, when it was impossible, faced down the enemy. Hopefully, as I said, many of these who came out of the pits learned what God was doing that day. Because if they don't, if they don't learn the lesson, the next time the Philistines begin to win again, where do you think these men are going to be? If they haven't had a change of heart like Jonathan, if they haven't become like the young armor bearer and said, look, I sinned. Look, in fear I went over to the enemy. In fear I fled to Gilead. In fear I went into the pit. Forgive me, Lord. If they don't do that, and many won't, the next time the Philistines win, where do you think they're going to be? Are they going to be with Jonathan, the young armor bearer, climbing up over that pass? Or are they going to be in the pits or in Gilead or joining up with the enemy all over again? And you know the answer to that. A dog returns to its vomit. They're going to go right back and do the same thing all over again. They're just there because of the moment. They're not there because of the reality. But the Lord works through it all. It says in verse 23, So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle shifted to Beth-Avon. So you have the victory. They pushed them back. They're pushing them back to the west. And then it says in verse 24, we see how Saul as leader, as king, can take this victory and ruin it. It says, And the men of Israel were distressed that day, for Saul had placed the people under oath, saying, Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening, before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. Listen to the words of this foolish oath. Cursed is the man who eats any food until evening before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. The scripture tells us he distressed the people. This was hard for the people. When you hear those words, what do you notice first? When I read them, I notice pride. Before I have taken vengeance on my enemies. Well, where's the Lord in this? The Philistines are the enemies first and foremost of God's plan and purpose. They are the enemies, the Philistines are the enemies of all God's people, of all Israel. But Saul has taken this battle and made it personal. He's starting to focus on himself. And remember, he tended to be younger as a humble, selfless kind of guy. And now he's focusing on himself. My vengeance, my enemies, his interest, his victory. I'm going to have my victory. And none of you are going to eat until I get it. Otherwise, you're under a curse. Now, you know, the words you speak, and here, these are the words of the king, they have impact. Words can change a situation. And you hear the words, you're all going to be under a curse. None of you eat until I get my victory. Humble Saul, who hides among the baggage, through disobedience, irreverence, fear, impatience, having to do something, afraid of what the people think, leading him to disobedience. Humble Saul now is on a road, and we start to see in this first statement here, of becoming very prideful and very arrogant. He's moving from light 
and the popular vernacular, he's going over to the dark side. He's going over to Satan's side by his change in personality that's come out of his disobedience and his impatience. And power has indeed corrupted him. Power has changed him. And that's why God warned the people through Samuel, you want a king, but when you get a king, this is what's going to happen. And you see how the kingship has changed Saul. That's the reason it's so important for anyone in leadership to have a servant mentality. He becomes the center of the focus. I, I must have the vengeance on my enemies. It's so important for anyone in leadership to have a servant mentality and to remember who's the true king, who's the true leader, who's the true pastor, shepherd, overseer of our souls, who's the true teacher, the master, the true elder, the only prophet, the only true apostle, the one that God sent into the world, Jesus Christ. We all receive gifts from him to teach, to prophesy, to be sent out to do a work. We receive gifts from the Spirit. But he is the teacher, the shepherd, the pastor. He is the leader. We are the servants. It's important for anyone in authority that God appoints into positions to understand and have the servant mentality. The Lord said in Mark chapter 9 and verse 35, the Lord Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verse 35, And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and servant of all. That summarizes authority. The proper attitude of management in the church. When I finished my MBA at the University of Connecticut, I had just become a Christian. And the last course we took was the capstone course, which pretty much pulled together all the marketing and accounting and finance and organizational courses you had previously. And you had so many cases that you needed to solve. And I found at that point that the best way I had to do it was to go and pray first and then come out and read the stuff and the Lord would give me the answer and I was able to get good grades on all the papers I put in. And the teacher that we had was looking very odd at this, wondering how I was getting the answers to some of these problems that were quite complicated. The Lord was first. And the last paper I had to put in, part of that paper had to talk about organizational uh, studies and proper management attitude. And it was to my joy that I was able to put this scripture in from Mark chapter 9, verse 35. If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and the servant of all. The, the appropriate attitude to leadership is a servant mentality. To understand you have to serve others. Saul here is not thinking about the people. He's not thinking about his service to God. He's thinking about me, 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 my vengeance against my enemies. And in thinking about himself, he ruins it for himself, for the people, for his son, for his lineage. He's getting absorbed by the power. He's getting corrupted by the power. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 4, Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child 
is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The humble attitude, the soul sound humble here, whoever humbles himself as a little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. This is the way the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of the world, what did Jesus say? People lord it over one another. One bosses one another. And that's the way it goes, right? Anyone that's been out in the workplace, isn't that the way it goes? One lords it over the other, one bosses another. That's the way of the Gentiles, the nations. But it's not to be so in the kingdom. In the kingdom, we have to humble ourselves and become like little children. If we are supposed to be in the lead, we have to become the very last and the servant of all. And most importantly, we always have to remember the service to him who called us. Luke chapter 17, verse 10. So likewise, Jesus said, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. This is a good point at which to leave the sermon. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. Our address is Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And as always, we welcome you to join us at our church service. Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m in the upper room of the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord's presence overflow in your life as you serve Him.